The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Unlock the power of your dreams. Welcome to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. Welcome to the Ask Dr. Dream show where you uncover the truth of your dreams and reveal the beauty of who you are. I'm Dr. Dream, Kelly Sullivan Walden. So happy to be here with you today on Unity Online Radio. The number to call if you have a question about your dreams in the second half of the show, we'll take some questions. That number is, write it down, 816 816- Two five one three five 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 eight one six two five one three five five five, and I have an amazing guest who I'll bring on in a moment. It's just a, a little teaser. It's Robert Moss. So everyone, gather round, gather round. It's going to be, it's going to be real. It's going to be big. It's going to be all about growing big dreams. And before we get into that, or even as a, as a warm up to that. I just, let's just do a a little prayer, shall we? Let's just drop in all the way ah, to that sacred, still, wonderful inner sanctuary. Robert Moss would probably call it our inner movie theater. Whatever you call it, just go to that place that is your haven within so it doesn't matter what's going on in the world or on the news. It's There's this place within you that you can always go that always rolls a red carpet out to you and your dreaming mind so we can release and let go of all the hubbub, all of the stuff, all of the smoke if you're living in the L.A. or California area or if you're living in in the on the East Coast where there's floods, torrential rain and storms and all over the place. There's so much going on, but there's a place we can go that is our refuge and we can go there now by the power of our intent. So let's go there now. Take a big, deep breath with me and let's open up our dreaming mind that is always there, always at the ready When we take one step toward it, it takes a hundred steps toward us. So we meet here in this place where we can explore and we can fantasize and we can dream a dream that is the best possible reality for us in our lives. That may be, as Robert Moss would say, so good and so big and so wonderful and so compelling that the world has to take notice and it becomes actualized. Ah, So just take another deep breath and just land and ground with me here. No hydroplaning during this show. Let's just land. Because we're going to need it because Robert Moss is coming on in just a moment. Before we bring him on, I just want to say thank you to you for listening. Thank you to you for not just surviving, but thriving during these times for accessing your inner hero, your inner dream hero with the cape fluttering over your shoulders. And I just a couple shameless plugs for the dream 
the dream, what is it? The Hero's Journey Dream Oracle app that just came out. So if you find yourself without the actual Oracle cards, but you really want to pull a card, you want to ask a question to engage your higher dreaming self, you can just open up your phone and there it is. Your Hero's Journey Dream app is right there. And to celebrate this Hero's Journey Dream app, I also have a hero's journey dream course that I'm leading. So you can go to my website, which is it's kellysullivanwalden.com and all things are there. But if you want to go directly to the hero's journey dream course, you can just go to tinyurl.com forward slash HJ dreams. It'll take you right there and you can get an early bird price if you sign up soon. All right. Without further ado, speaking of heroes and speaking of dreams and speaking of heaven on earth, I want to bring out Robert Moss without any further ado. Um, so Robert Moss is the author of many, 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 many books, but his latest book that we'll be talking about today is called Growing Big Dreams, Manifesting Your Heart's Desires Through 12 Secrets of the Imagination. I'm going to say that again, Growing Big Dreams, Manifesting Your Heart's Desires Through 12 Secrets of the Imagination. That's what we're talking about today. So Robert Moss has been a dream traveler since doctors pronounced him clinically dead in a hospital in Hobart, Tasmania, when he was three years old. From his experiences in many worlds, he created his school of active dreaming. Obviously, he didn't die, so he survived and eventually created his school of active dreaming, his original synthesis of modern dream work and ancient shamanism and mystical practices for journeying to realms beyond the physical and growing creative imagination. He's led popular dream workshops all around the world, pre-pandemic, obviously, including a three-year training for teachers of active dreaming at the Australian National University. And he is the New York Times best-selling novelist, poet, journalist, and independent scholar. His many books on dreaming, shamanism, and imagination include Conscious Dreaming, The Secret History of Dreaming, Dreaming the Soul Back Home, that's my particular favorite, The Boy Who Died and Came Back, Sidewalk Oracles, and Mysterious Realities, his latest book, Growing Big Dreams, Manifesting Your Heart's Desires Through 12 Secrets of the Imagination, is a passionate and practical call to step through the gates of dreams and imagination to survive hard times that we're living through right now, travel without having to leave home, this is very timely, and grow the vision of a more abundant life so rich and so strong that it wants to take root in the world. He's lived in upstate New York since he received a message from a red-tailed hawk under an old white oak. His website is mossdreams.com and I am so excited to bring him to the show. Once again, Robert Moss, welcome to the Ask Dr. Dream show. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you for all your wonderful work and play as the Dream Ambassador. You communicate enthusiasm and passion for these things and really bring it alive to people. Thank you for that, and thank you for that generous and copious introduction. I'm very happy to be with you today, and we'll help each other see through the smoke. 
I think we will, but I kind of like what you said about imagining me in a smoky room, like I'm some chanteuse <laughs> leaning against a piano with one yeah. of those pretend long cigarettes singing. <laughs> That's exactly uh, how I see you when when I heard your voice come on before we started the show. I saw you exactly lounging gracefully and elegantly against the piano with the long cigarette holder, not necessarily smoking, but in a smoke-filled room, and holding uh, a glass of something pink and yummy in your hand, or maybe blue and yummy. <laughs> Definitely, a, we definitely a colored, a colored drink Can you in guys the smoke-filled room. So that was my dream of you. Oh my God, Robert Moss. Hello. Hello. Um, Are we still on? Did. Okay, so I'm not sure if it's Robert or if it's me. Somebody let me I know you. if you can still hear me. And I, I know you. Robert Moss is such a high high frequency being that sometimes there's glitches with technology. It, it's what comes with the territory when I shall call you're back. such an amazing being. So Robert Moss, if you can hear me, I can't hear you. So call. You know, you'd think after writing so many darn books, they would start to you know, lose their punch a little, but no, no, no. Each one of Robert Moss's books gets better than the one before and then better and better and better. Okay, let's Hello. see if we can grab him. Robert Moss, is that you? Hello. Robert, Hello. Can you hear me? I can hear you. <gasps> oh, my heavens. I know what happened. Oh, my God. Uh -huh. Well, I, <laughs> I rang off. I think, think we overheated the circuits by discussing exactly why you were appearing with that glass in your hand in the smoke have, room. I think we're gonna that, have to think cool that made things, things start steaming and collapse, so I just <laughs> rang up and called back. Here we are. <laughs> we're dreaming all the time. We're dreaming all the time, Kelly. This itself is a waking dream. And here we are. And here we are. We're reunited, and it feels so good. Okay, Robert Moss, what, was it the pandemic that inspired you to write Growing Big Dreams? The How interesting thing is that I wrote the book before the pandemic, and I started writing it at the end of last year when I was frankly exhausted. You know, prior to the pandemic, I spent literally half the year traveling, and that meant dozens wow. and dozens of complicated air, air, airline itineraries to places that sometimes took me 20 or 24 hours to get from, from my little airport. So come oh, December, wow. late December, when I started writing the book, I was exhausted, wasn't doing very well. Then I dreamed. I dreamed that the introduction was one in which I'd taken the well-known story of Viktor Frankl. You remember the Viennese yes. psychiatrist who was in Auschwitz and dreamed his way to survive. He, in, in Auschwitz, he wrote a book called Man's Search for Dreaming. Frankl, reduced to a skeleton with a tattoo on his arm who could be killed at any moment, tortured, beaten, etc. He imagined a world after Hitler, a world in which Hitler was just a bad memory he's in a good suit giving a lecture on the psychology of the concentration camps to a well-fed audience. And this is impossible, of course. He's in, he's in a death camp. But he, wrote, he got through. He, he dreamed and imagined his way out of one of the worst nightmares of history. I dreamed that I'd taken the story, which I'd written about before, and told it again in a fresh way and made it the introduction for this book. And I thought, well, I love Viktor Frankl's story. It's one of those things that rallies us. It rouses us to keep going when things seem absolutely horrible. If you can survive Auschwitz through your dreams and imagination, maybe you can survive other things. But I still thought it's a bit grim. It's a bit dark for a book about manifesting your heart's desires. But I followed my dream. 
And I wrote what I think is the most powerful introduction to any book I've ever written, using the Frankel story and then saying, okay, let's learn from this. However bad things are, they may not be quite as bad as being in a Nazi death camp where you can die at any moment. Maybe not quite so bad, pretty bad, but maybe not quite so bad. So let's see how in practical ways we can use our dreams and imagination to find our way through. So that was the genesis of the book. Genesis of the book. When I'd written that forward, that introduction, I was ready to go forward. Then I went on the first winter vacation by the beach I'd taken in 32 years. Can you imagine how crazy is that? Mm-hmm. And I come back exhausted because my airline travel has been screwed up. I've been stranded in a hotel in a blizzard and blah, blah, blah. So I come back and then I'm starting again. And I took a collection of dreams that I'd asked people to report around the new year. So we see how people are dreaming. And I wrote the book and I sent it in before we realized, or at least before I realized, privately, of course, the experts knew. But I sent the book in, the manuscript in, before we understood as people, um, as, as a lay people, that the pandemic was as bad as it was going to be. And I, when, it, when, when all, the, all of that erupted and we saw what we were in for, I really didn't have to edit the book. It reads as if it was written with the pandemic in mind. I added a few mm-hmm. pages at the end about people have been, how people have been dreaming with the pandemic and, again, how specifically we can use the techniques to get through. But it's as if the book prepared me and in some ways prepared us for the pandemic before the pandemic was announced. So it's not inspired by the pandemic in external terms, but maybe on the inner planes. It came to me as it came to others. We have to find new ways, and some of them are ancient ways, but they're new in our society, to find tools and resources to get us through, to survive and and thrive in difficult times. So I think the book is absolutely of this moment and for this moment. But it wasn't explicitly written, you know, to help us through the pandemic. I just think it does give us, you know, things we can use. Mm, I love that. You and I have, um, we're both Victor Frankl fans, and I'm sure, you know, there's hundreds of millions of others that would join us. And I, it's, it's interesting because in, in, I have a hero's, not a hero's journey, that's another thing, the Dia de los Muertos Oracle deck that I'm working on. And the introduction of that has got a Victor Frankl reference. And it's got a Robert Moss reference as well, because I write about how I first met you during an incredibly dark night of the soul that I was having. I just lost a daughter that I was adopting. She died right before I got her. And I don't know if you remember this, Robert, but I... Um, I, she was from Tibet. She was from the Tibet region. And around that time I was coming to terms and Victor Frankl is what was what turned me around. It pulled me out of this funk that nothing else would. I mean, I, I'm a pretty upbeat person, as you know, but during this particular time, none of my spiritual tools worked, nothing. And then I stumbled across a bunch of Viktor Frankl videos and those videos started to change me because I, just as you said, if somebody can survive the Holocaust with and and be able to have the wherewithal that he did and be able to have some sense of future, then, oh my God, no matter what I'm going through, it's nothing compared to what he went through. So I can do this. And it was after that, that somebody sent me a, a dream inquiry about Tibetan dream practices. And I was like, I have no idea. Let me, let me just do some research. And I found you on the internet, an article that you had written. So I reached out to you basically in that same, like within that same couple of days. So I sometimes collapse my Victor Frankl pulling me out 
with also connecting with you. It's like a you and Victor sandwich that pulled me out and back into dreams. So I love that you. <laughs> well, I'm on. I'm honored by the connection. And I, since you mentioned Tibet, I have to throw something in. There is a word in the Tibetan language that describes someone like me. The word is delog, D-E-L-O-G. Yeah means literally one who died and came back. When you said in your introduction, obviously I didn't die, I was tempted to laughingly correct uh, you. I did die. I was pronounced uh, clinically dead. You know, uh, Raymond, Ray, Ray Moody, a friend of mine, yeah. gave us this phrase, near-death experience later on. It's useful, sounds respectable, and you know, people are no longer tongue-tied. But in my own mind, and it's the title of my spiritual mm -hmm. memoir, The Boy Who Died and Came Back, I died. I came back. Uh, my great aunt, the psychic, the, the opera singer and psychic, saw it when I was three years old on the West Coast. She wouldn't talk about it till later. She saw my death. She didn't see me coming back. She thought I died. And she was right. I did die. Came back. Oh. Anyway, that kind of experience, of course, gives you a sense of divine comedy if you survive it for long enough and rise to that sense of divine comedy. And it also maybe enables you to be occasionally useful to people who are trying to cope with the facts and the experience of death, dying, the afterlife, and so on. From my point of view, Kelly, this is a sort of remark for a smoke-filled room with a pretend <laughs> cigarette holder and a honky-tonk <laughs> piano in 1930s Shanghai, maybe. Um, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> my, I mean, from my point of view, um, this might sound absolutely crazy to most of our listeners, we are in the afterlife right now. We are in the afterlife right now. What do I mean? I mean, we may have died. I think we did die to another world before we came here. We were somewhere yeah. else before we were born into this world. And a death from this world, a physical death, we're going to be born into some other situation, you know, higher or lower, better or, or worse, depending on your tastes and your appetites. But, you know, and, and, and where we are talking right now, through the smoke, through the fear, through the droughts and floods and biblical kind of stuff going on, and the plague, I mean, the president's called it a plague, which it is, mm -hmm. Through all of this, I mean, a death is perceived to be closer to most of us than people generally feel comfortable thinking about. They're thinking more about death because we know people who are dying. We know people are in peril. We ourselves are not safe in any way. They're not being protected in any, in any way. So dreaming has become more, more practical value, more urgent importance than ever before. Why? Because dreaming is, from where I sit, the best preparation for dying. What lies ahead in the journey beyond this world? Dreaming or traveling beyond the body, whether you know it or not. Every night you're having out-of-body experiences. You're traveling somewhere else. You're traveling to interesting places of different kinds. And some of them are places where the dead are alive. And some of them are places beyond the physical world where interesting, th interesting things happen. Places of, of, places of pleasure palaces and schools mm. of higher education places of initiation and healing. So if you get more habituated to this dreaming, this traveling without leaving home, but while leaving the body, then in some ways you're being very well prepared for the situation you'll be in when you don't have a physical body in this world anymore. And you're well equipped to help other people develop mm. courage and clarity to approach death. So this is one of the incredibly practical ways in which dreaming has become more important in our times, for our society, than it's ever been. People need a way to heal their understanding and their relationship with death, to understand how communication with those who have died is possible, not weird, not supernatural, but actually the most natural thing in the, in the world, if you look at it that way. And, and dreaming, dreaming is the way. Mm. Amen and hallelujah. So in your book, 
Growing Big Dreams, Manifesting Your Heart's Desires Through 12 Secrets of the Imagination. Towards the back of the book, you talk about the pandemic and and the kind of dreams that we're having. So let's just talk about that for a moment now, because a lot of people have that on their mind and, and what we can, what kind of sense we can make of these dreams. Well, some of the dreams are cautionary dreams. In other words, people dream, for example, that they're nervous because people are sitting too close together or they're not wearing face coverings or they themselves are embarrassed or confused because they're not masked, etc. So they're dreams that are cautionary and quite closely related to the literal situation. Some of these dreams might be fearful or anxiety-ridden dreams but are not to be thrown into a box labeled anxiety dreams because dreams show us show us what's going on in the world around us, sometimes in a fairly literalistic way. They show us things that are happening and may happen. So there are lots of people who are dreaming dreams that are, I would say, of a cautionary nature, Mm -hmm. saying, okay, remember, 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 whatever you think, whatever people at the top say or don't say, you need to practice social distancing, you need to cover your face. And there are lots of dreams like that. Then there's Mm -hmm. dreams that are escape dreams, entertainment dreams. Hey, we're we're shut up, we're not having as much fun as we used to, let's get out and about. So there are lots of dreams, some are wild and wacky, some again are fairly literalistic, but the difference with ordinary life is, hey, you can get on a plane. You don't have to wear a mask, you don't have to be social distanced. You can be as close to that slinky woman with the cocktail and the cigarette holder as you like. <laughs> you can <laughs> all, kiss whoever options, you want. All of these, all of these <laughs> options are open. So there's the entertainment uh, dream, the travel dream, which is sometimes to many people a salutary and helpful relaxation and uh, distraction and diversion from all the stuff that's going on. There are the dreams that prepare us to understand aspects of the deeper reality. These include all the death dreams and dreams of the departed people are having i've never i've always listened closely to dreams of the deceased and dreams that relate to death because it's one of my fields i've written a couple of books about it Uh, but i've never heard so many people talking uh, so urgently i would say with such deep interest about dreams of the departed and dreams of what the afterlife might be and one of the characteristics of these dreams which i mentioned briefly in growing big dreams is People are being received by the departed and given a house tour or a you know a little mm. little walk around the afterlife. What are the social options? What are the work options? What are the study options? What are the choices you might make after death? What does it all look like anyway? Who greets you if someone's greeting you when you arrive on the other side? You know, hey, look, here's a place you could live if you like. So, and most mm. people who report dreams like that, dreams of the departed where they're being shown around a possible afterlife situation, most people reporting dreams like that are not saddened by the dreams they're not fearful about the dreams they often feel a certain sense of confidence a sense okay i've got connections i've got friends in all the world life goes on in some way and it's good to know that so i think that's a very important type of dreaming which has expanded and increased under current circumstances and i would say that that for me is one of the features of how dreaming is changing uh in in the time of pandemic oh very cool. So Robert Moss, Delug, Delog, Delog. Um, <laughs> let's... By the way, a Delog is not a Lama. Delog is not a Yogi. Delog is not a saint. A Delog is someone who's been out there, left the body, <laughs> left the body dead for a while and come back. So that doesn't make you a guru. Doesn't make you master of the universe. But it means you've been through a certain kind of experience, which interestingly mm-hmm. is recognized in at least that language with one word. Mm-hmm. I guess I've had that too. I could say I can maybe add that to my resume. Delug and nobody will 
most people won't know what the heck I'm talking about. <laughs> um, one of my most stressful pandemic dreams has been wanting to hug people and then at the last minute feeling like an electric fence, like, no, you can't do that. You can't just go. Right. So I actually there was a dream where I was wanting to hug someone so bad because it was at the memorial of my friend and it was the daughter of my friend and I couldn't hug her and I was in so much pain. I ended up leaving the memorial in my dream and going into a church and joining a choir singing a song called God is All There Is. And oh. that song lifted me to such a high place that it it oh. it was like the antidote to my my aching aching heart ah. so yeah oh that's lovely that's lovely kelly i would say that one of the main categories of my own dreaming through these pandemic months has been travel for work i mean as you know mm. i used to be leading workshops all over both prague barcelona you name it um now i am teaching workshops and having fun doing it in wonderful locations just about every night and they're very vivid they're very specific i know the things i'm teaching often the people are unfamiliar i'm in a wonderful place on the aegean ocean maybe in crete maybe in greece i'm in another location that seems to be in western turkey i'm somewhere else i'm in places mm. that i know and places i don't know teaching and interacting with people and there's no masking and there's no distancing <laughs> hugs are absolutely available and it's work and play at the same time and these dreams usually make me feel buoyant and happy and i'll tell you something else they feel like alternate reality dreams they feel mm -hmm. like real situations that were lived real things that were done and accomplished and exchanged in the space of the dream they may or may not unfold in some possible future but often it's enough for me to think okay i went there i did that wasn't that great and isn't it terrific that issues of social distancing and other inhibitions did not come up because they were not required in that other uh, reality i love that you said that it's an alternate reality it's not that it's um, a reality or not a reality. It's an let, alternate let, reality. Let, let, we let have me, a, we're going to a break we're, we're in just a so second. Excited. I know there's so much to say. So in, I just want everyone to know if you're just joining us, the voice that you're hearing that is not mine, it's Robert <laughs> Moss and his book is Growing Big Dreams. You must get it. It's about all about manifesting your heart's desires through 12 secrets of imagination. On the other side of this break, we'll take your questions about dreams. And I want to hear one of Robert's first because I always that always brings so much synchronicity. So Robert Moss, thank you so much for joining. So hold on, everybody. We're going to talk more about how you can also grow big dreams during this wild and wacky and wonderful opportunity that we're living through right now. We'll be right back. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Dream interpretation and a lot more. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. 
Welcome back to the Ask Dr. Dream Show. I'm so happy to be with you. I'm Dr. Dream Kelly Sullivan Walden having a most enchanting conversation with Robert Moss. And we're going to dive right in in just a second. I just want to let you all know that the Hero's Journey Dream Oracle app is available. You can get it on iTunes or Android. Just go into your app store and plug in Hero's Journey Dreams or Dream Oracle, actually. And to celebrate that, I'm offering the Hero's Journey Dream class, and that's available on my website, kellysullivanwalden.com, or to go straight to the page, go to tinyurl.com forward slash HJ Dreams. So we are going to take your calls. The number is 816-251-3555, but we've got a lot of callers, of course, because Robert Moss is here. So my request is that you be short and sweet and succinct with your dream questions, like write like just a few sentences so we can really get to them. But first, <clears throat> Robert Moss, in your book, Growing Big Dreams, Manifesting Your Heart's Desires Through 12 Secrets of the Imagination, tell us what those 12 secrets are. I know you're not going to get into all the depth of it. People have to buy your book in order to do that. But just give us a little teaser about what those 12 secrets of the imagination are. Well, the first is maybe the most important. It is that dreams show us the secret wishes of the soul. Now, that profound phrase, secret wishes of the soul, is the translation of an Iroquoian Native American term, ondinunk, funny word originally from the Huron language, which I first heard in a waking dream, a lucid dream, when I was called, apparently flying, to the home of a woman of power from a long time ago, somewhere near Montreal, a Native woman who told me, amongst other things, but this is it. Dreams are show the secret wishes of the soul, and this is the most important thing to know. I'll cut that part of the story short. I would mm. say this. If we're going to manifest our heart's desires, let's get in touch with what they really are, not just try and do it as a grocery list of calculations and wants from the ego mm. or the belly. So dreams will show you what on the deepest level you yearn for. This is very important. Dreams will also you know, tell you more than you already know and give you ways to get through. So that's the first secret of manifesting the heart's desires, that dreams show you the secret wishes of the soul. The second one is this. I hear people say, oh, I've got no imagination. I say to them, you have all the imagination you need because your great imagineer is your magical child. Your inner child mm. is the master of dreams and imagination. Maybe you lost contact with her. The world got cold and cruel. She went away. Your beautiful bright dream has not been with you. Maybe that's why you forgot your dreams for all those years. Let's get her back. So the book offers all sorts of ways to get in touch fully with the magical child who belongs to each of us and play with her and let her juice and energy and vitality come into the world. The third open secret is essential to understand and apply in the strange times we are in, and it can be very hard. It is, it is, it is what is in your way may be your way. What is in your way may be your way. What does that mean? It means that obstacle, that challenge, that wound that difficulty, that setback, may have a gift if you're willing to look for it. Even something as awful as the plague times we're in might be a chance to reboot and restart the way we approach nature, each other, relationship, and everything. We'll see. But certainly in our personal lives, we have nothing to lose by accepting that every time we suffer a defeat, a setback, a failure, we can look for an opportunity in the setback. We can look for a gift in the wound. The fourth open secret, this is so important for daily practice. I put it this way. You have treasures in the twilight zone. What mm -hmm. does that mean? It means there's a drifty state of consciousness. You're not asleep. You're not awake. You're in between, drifty, liminal, floating, 
the hypnagogic zone, the twilight zone. This is a place where you can embark effortlessly on lucid dreaming. It's a place to practice the yoga of consciousness in an everyday way without funny syllables or mantras. It's a way to practice horizontal meditation. It's a way to arrive at creative solutions. It's a time in which uh, inner communications become easy. Your true spiritual guides might speak to you. So learn to spend more time in that drifty in-between state of consciousness. Number mm-hmm. five, your body believes in images. Even medical science agrees with this more or less today, that if you give your body the right image, it will respond as if it's going through a physical experience. So let's build a pharmacy of healing images and our dreams are a great factory of, of images we can apply. Number six, we're getting through them. Your big story is hunting you. This is an Aboriginal saying in, in my native Australia. The big stories are hunting the right people to tell them. Maybe the big story is hunting the right person to live it. Think of a predator in the bush sniffing and, and stalking you. I'll tell you this. If you are seized by a sense of the larger drama, the larger purpose of your life, you can find courage to get through those difficult days. Number seven, you are magnetic. This is the law of attraction, but not in its silly version. You know, your attitude goes before you, shaping what lies around the next corner. So pay attention to the attitude you are projecting. Number eight, there is a world of imagination and it is entirely real. I love this. I spend a lot of time guiding people to real places in non-ordinary reality of what we can call the imaginal realm, the realm of true imagination, to have fun, to learn things, to meet master teachers, to go to places of healing. So you can learn to do that too, to build a sanctuary, to go to a special place where you are safe and can relax and regenerate and learn things you need to know. The last few very quickly. If you can see your destination, you are halfway there. If you can see, Mm. taste, touch, feel your destination, you are halfway there. So we want to learn that. Remember Viktor Frankl in Auschwitz, he's building in his imagination that lecture room where he's in the good suit, giving us, giving a lecture as if the Nazis are just a bad bit of memory. And he manages to step into that reality, Mm. takes root in the world after the war. Number 10. You can grow a dream for someone who does not have a dream. And don't you know people in your life who need a dream, who've given up on life, who have no vision of purpose, nothing to keep them going, nothing to get their motor turned on in the morning, who need a healing image, who need some sense of life mission, who need a a, a map to another world, a map to the afterlife. You can learn to grow a dream or a healing image for someone else and give it to them in such a way that they can live inside it and be motivated and turned back on by it. Very briefly, this is the funniest of the 12 secrets. <laughs> you don't have to drive used karma. You don't have to drive used <laughs> karma. What does that mean? It means you don't have to go around with the old stories all the time, the old histories, the old past life stories you've told yourself, whether they're true or not, the, the earlier versions of you, which might be shameful or shaming or guilt-ridden, the old family stories. Mm-hmm. You can step out yeah. of all that, shed it like an old snakeskin, and step into a brighter and b- bigger story. And that's very much what the book is about. And finally, mm-hmm. and this summarizes the whole endeavor, Kelly, the stronger the imagination, the less imaginary the results. The stronger the imagination, the less imaginary the results. You want to learn to grow a vision of possibility in your life so strong and juicy and rich that it will want to take root in your world. And you can do that. 
Mm. Oh, wow. Robert Moss. Okay, that was well done. Those are the 12 secrets of to manifest your heart's desire through your imagination. Okay. And everybody get get his book right now, Growing Big Dreams, Robert Moss. All right. So now let's take your dreams. But Robert, you've got a specific way of of requesting that people's dreams be short and sweet and bumper sticker esque so we can move through them. So do you want to give me your your little well, pitch, it, your it, elevator it pitch on with, that? <laughs> yeah, actually, I invented a process which we call the lightning dream work. It's four steps. It's very simple. You can do it in a couple of minutes, seriously, with someone who respects the rules. Step one, tell your story simply and clearly. No background, no self-interpretation, just the facts of the dream or whatever story it is, and give it a title. So step one is, Get the story straight. Get it clear and simple. Give it a title. Step one. And by the way, that is great practice in communication. Because if you can learn <laughs> to tell a dream so other people want to hear you, maybe you can do it with other material as well. Giving it a Hello. title already shapes understanding. Number two, if you're playing guide, if you're playing friend or partner, you ask three questions. The first is your feelings. What are your first feelings around this? The feelings in the dream are interesting, but first feelings after are more important. They tell you it's urgent or not personal, not negative or not, etc. Number two, reality check. What do you recognize from this and the rest of your life and could it happen in the future in some way? And number three, what do you want to know? And then we go to step three. If I'm going to make a comment on your dream or your life, I'm never going to tell you what it means. Others might do that. They might be good. They might be their process, but I'm not going to do that. I don't allow myself to do that. I will say to you, if it were my dream or if it were my life, I'd think about such and such. Then I'm free as long as I'm polite to anything, say anything I've done well, please. But I'll, right. I'll anyway. do it as my own projection, my own association, and not as your guru. You find your own <laughs> guru inside yourself. Don't turn me into your guru. Find your guru inside yourself. And finally, this is why I call my whole approach active dreaming. I want you to get active with this. I didn't just want you to boil it down to some arid you know, set of words. I want you to do something to embody and honor the energy and guidance of the dream. So what are you going to do? You know, you're wearing a different color in the dream. Go shamanic shopping. Go and buy something in that color. You're, you're eating or swimming. Are you going to do those things? You dream of someone else. You're going to get in touch with them. There's a mysterious something in the dream. Maybe you could go back inside your dream, travel back inside your dream, and get more information. Maybe it's a funny word. Maybe it's time to ask Auntie Google and accept a research assignment. So the last mm. part of the process is always going to be what action will you take? So that, in a nutshell, you know, four-chambered nutshell is uh, the lightning dream work process. Okay, so let's do this, and we're going to add an elevator pitch to that. So Joan in San Francisco, Joan Gelfand, I believe that's you. The, hey! Yay! Oh, my heavens. And she has a new book out, by the way, called Extreme, and I highly recommend that. So let's do the lightning dream round. Joan, do you have a dream for Robert Moss? I do. This really blew my mind. Okay. The, um, I had a dream that the head of Twitter moved in across the street from me. <laughs> <laughs> and so, it's, you know, I know who Jack Dorsey is, except that he looked like Jim Carrey. <clears throat> and um, he was really, really sweet. Um he uh, he looks you know he looks like a movie star. He's really really rich. I can tell. So I go over to his house. Um, let's see. Uh, so he moves in across the street. I, I go over, 
and um, his home is a little bit like mine, but, you know, much fancier, and his company is all working inside the house. He's very warm and friendly, and um, he starts talking about something very scientific and uh, very complicated that I wasn't following, and I was very happy. And then I just went next door and saw an old friend who was on the second floor talking to me through a window. So that's my dream. Okay. Joan, what is the title of your dream? Or give it a title right now. Uh, fame in the neighborhood. <laughs> fame in the neighborhood. Okay. And what are your first what are your first feelings around the dream? What do you feel coming out of the dream or thinking about it now for that matter? Um, happy. I, I okay, really happy. like right. okay. that. Yeah, That's good. I really like yeah, we hear that. It's in your voice. It's You're making yeah. us happy. It's bubbling all over the place. So uh, reality check, you know what Twitter is. This guy does not yeah. look exactly yeah. like the literal head of Twitter, though. He looks more like Jim Carrey. Is that right? Yes, yes, because he's kind of goofy. The guy is okay. kind of do you, goofy. Do you, do, you use do you use Twitter yourself? Oh, yeah, all the time. You, all the time. Okay. So Twitter in that sense is in your neighborhood. Is there mm -hmm. some sense yeah. in the future in which Twitter could become even more important than it is in your neighborhood, in your life, in the way that people's uh -huh. minds are being affected by things? Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. It, uh, is, so there some sense, is there some sense in which Twitter's influence could turn out to be more positive? we've understood it to be in which science might be more respected and the information might be better disseminated is there some sense in which twitter could turn out to be a more positive influence than we've been thinking well we're we're using twitter a lot to reach our audience for the book so yes okay. i can see that all right so for you in your life and your in your literary neighborhood it all of that is relevant is there something in the dream that you are curious about? Is there something you'd like to know more about? Um, wow. I, I, wow, I wasn't prepared for that. I don't know. I, I can't answer that right away. It feels like <laughs> a, um, there was a little bit of outside looking in. So maybe, mm. maybe a little bit more connection. You know, mm. like seeing an old neighbor who lived in my across the street house, and now she's on the second floor talking to me out of a window. But we also kind of mm. parted ways in a bad way. So we... Uh -huh. we so you'd like uh, to know what's going on with that neighbor. That's something yeah, you're curious like about, right? Yeah, I would like to know right? what's going on with okay. her. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's move, on. Let's, let's move on very briskly. We try to do this very, very lickety split, and on a radio show, we absolutely have to. So mm -hmm. if it were my dream, I would notice that Twitter is going to be more important to me in the neighborhood of where I am, where I live, what I do, than it has been. And I personally don't use Twitter. So if it were literally my dream, I'd start thinking, well, maybe I should start using Twitter. I notice in ordinary reality that Twitter has been clamping down on some of the false claims and disinformation, even from the president that's been appearing, uh, you Ooh, know, yeah. through its medium, and they've been putting out <clears throat> warnings and closing things down. I noticed that Twitter has tried to exercise some degree of social and moral responsibility beyond other social media. I'm grateful for that. I would think that, you know, the communi communications theme is going to become even more important in my neighborhood and that it's going to extend to my repairing and growing a different kind of relationship with that neighbor and maybe with other people around me. And I noticed that the center of all this action center of all this action to where I live, 
means something huge has come right into my vicinity. You know, my mm -hmm. where I live is the mm -hmm. center of my world. I mean, mm. it's it's all coming to my street. It's all on my block, and that brings Ooh. me a sense of excitement. And if I've got this happiness, I'm certainly if I've got a book to sell, I'm certainly going to make use of Twitter, and I'm going to think about other ways in which I could use Twitter to reach more effectively to other people. Ooh, Robert, you're brilliant. <laughs> Robert so is what, brilliant. Your, what, what, other than saying that, what is your action plan? <laughs> is there anything you're going to do about do with this? Yeah, I think we need to get more strategic about the way we're using Twitter. So I think uh -huh. that's pretty simple. And you know, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, Joan, I'm going to throw in my if it were my dream. I having just seen the movie Social Dilemma. I wonder if you've seen that movie. No, I never even haven't even heard of it, Kelly. Oh my heavens! Okay, I'm plugging that movie. I think it's a must-watch for everyone who uses social media, which is probably everybody who's listening right now. Um, and interestingly, um, they they used Jim Carrey in there. The whole the Truman Show. Oh aspect. my God! Yeah, so it feels so to me. I like just as what Robert said. I like the notion that all of this fame is happening in my, if I were Joan, if my neighborhood, and I feel like it's all coming to my doorstep. And it's just there's just a little bit of distance, but I'm I'm bridging the gap, and I'm and I'm interested and curious about how to be a better communicator, how to be more concise, which is kind of synchronistic because Robert Moss is teaching us right now how to just. Boom, get right to it. So I think there's a that's a key here in, in the whole formula. So get to it, Joan. Congratulations <laughs> on all your success. Tweet about Thanks it. For sharing, Joan. Thank you, Joan. <laughs> okay, tweet, tweet. All right, let's tweet, do tweet. thank you, Joan. I'm gonna put you on hold. All right, so um Denise, let's get to Denise. Denise is always really good about being short and sweet and to the point. Yeah. So Denise, what you got for Robert Moss? Okay, I have a couple, but I'm going to pick one because you got him on the show. Just one. And yep. he's from Australia. I'm going to do this one. Um, I was around a house. I think it was mine. Anyway, underneath the house was like a man-made cage. Mm. Crazy. Mm. Okay, so in the cage was a beautiful tiger, and I love animals. So there was a lady in the cage, like a tamer with the tiger. Mm. So I'm still acting like it's a little kitty cat. Come here, kitty, kitty. And, of course, the tiger comes closer in the cage. Oh, forget, I'm outside of the cage, but he kind of comes closer. And I'm like, come here, kitty, kitty. And she's really smiling because she's, she's comfortable with the tiger, and obviously she sees that I am. Because I'm like, here, kitty, kitty, like it's a little tiny kitty cat. And it's a whole doggone tiger. Anyway, um, quickly, um, then I see something behind the tiger, maybe like a snake. I don't know what it was, something moving real fast. So I'm trying to tell the tiger I'm pointing like he can understand me. Go figure. Mm -hmm. Look, look, so he could eat it, whatever it was. But anyway, it goes away too soon. It's, it was something moving real, real fast, and he didn't get a chance, he or she, whatever the tiger was. And anyway, the dream just ended with me just admiring the tiger in the so-called caged-in area. The tamer was very comfortable. The tiger was comfortable with the tamer. And I was comfortable outside of the cage trying to play with a whole tiger. Go figure. That's Woo! All okay, right, Denise, let, let's do a little bit of process with you. Give the stream a title, please. Give the stream movie a title. What's the name for it? The un... Oh, he's not untamed. He was tamed. Mm -hmm. the, the, the tiger... 
the the wildlife, the tiger. Uh, I'm trying to think of something because he was a tiger, and tigers have so much. They're fierce, but they're beautiful. Um, what's mm. uh, what's I like fierce oh, and God. beautiful. Fierce and beautiful. Let's keep going. Okay. All right. Well, uh, what were your first feelings coming out of the dream? I was just smitten because I love animals. I love cats, and and I so love you're happy. the tiger. You're happy. You're yeah. excited, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you love you love tigers. You've done part of the reality check. Is the house familiar, or the the woman who's the tiger tamer? Any, no. Any, anything the, the, in the scene familiar? No. I think you I, like tigers. I, you think about tigers. I think it was my house. To be quite your house. okay. And, right, uh, and underneath okay. the house, it was a man-made, uh-huh. like like a cage. That's what yeah, I believe. It. But it was got a it. house. It was like is I there is there home. Denise? Is there any sense, literal or symbolic, in which you have ever felt caged or confined? Oh God! Is that a feeling ever come up? I can't believe you just said that. Lord help me. Yes, I do feel like that about right now. Okay. So, what do you want mm. to know about the dream? Okay, so you're telling me that the dream was pretty much saying. No, no, I know. I'm just, I'm, I'm just asking you. What are you most curious about? What would you like to know what, more? Okay, about? okay, okay. Why me and this lady have such uh-huh. a comfort zone, and we have no fear of this animal that could eat mm-hmm. us alive? That's uh-huh. my biggest uh-huh. thing. Well, if it's if it's my if it's my dream, and I sense this is the house, the house of my life, the house of my soul. Then the tiger is a wild and beautiful part of me that is caged and confined at the moment. I don't need to be scared of me. The, the tiger tamer is the aspect of me that can get right in the cage. And I, if I choose, can open the cage, get in the cage with the tiger, or better still, lead it out and have a life together. In fact, I would like to imagine myself doing that. I like to imagine myself going back into the dream, getting into the cage with the lady, meeting the tiger, dealing with the snake. I feel I can handle all of this and bringing the power and fierceness and beauty of the tiger into my life. If it is literally mm-hmm. my dream, because I have, had a, I have had a lifelong shamanic relationship with the big cats, including the tiger. I know the tiger very well. The tiger has been a hugely important ally of mine in doing shamanic operations like soul retrieval and psychic protection. I know the tiger. I've written about my personal relationship with the tiger in some depth in some of my books. So I know what it means to have a working relationship with the tiger. I know it has to mm. be said. I know that if you're going to work with the tiger shamanically, you're going to have to eat some meat from time to time, whether you're a vegan mm. otherwise. You have to feed the tiger. So I'm mm. getting ready to recognize that I might be invited by this dream to release the part of me that is wild and free and beautiful, even in these shutdown times, when I might not be able to walk down the street or run in the woods with the tiger. I still might be able to release into my life all the beauty mm. and power and fierceness of this tiger. So I see the dream as a huge opportunity. But in mm. order to cash in on that, I've got to get back inside the dream and meet the tiger. And to do that, I would do what I call dream reentry. I'd make it my game to go back inside the dream. You could set that up as an intention for a night dream, or you could do it consciously. You could just will mm. yourself with your imagination to go back into that space. Mm. You know, you can't be hurt. It's a dream, right? And see what you can do. That's the action mm. I would take. And and I wanted to. The dream just ended because, like I said, I walked towards the yeah, cage. Yeah, it doesn't have to and, stay under, though, Denise. Yeah. It's waiting for you. You know that you've been there. You can go there again. It might even be your own house. Mm. You can go there any time you choose. It doesn't have mm. to be stopped. You can start mm-hmm. it up again. How about mm-hmm. that? So I can hear I'm the gonna... tiger purring with anticipation. 
<laughs> She's got the eye of the tiger. I'm going to throw in my two cents here really quick. I was really struck by man-made cage. So if it were my yeah. dream, it makes me yeah. wonder if there was some man-made reason that I went into my cage, some relationship yeah. issue or dad something some some man issue that went in and that that little snake that popped up and went away i always think when a snake shows up in one of my dreams that there's some kind of healing that's that's attempting to be made the snake is the the thing that sheds skin and so there's that just the fact that it popped up it feels like there's healing afoot and to me the tiger is is sexy and it's so powerful and i love that 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 there's this comfort zone with her and maybe even like a kitty kitty, like maybe it's underestimating her. And I, I, the saying just popped into my head to the one who much has been given much is expected. So I feel like this is power that requires responsibility and consciousness and a lot of love to resurrect her and bring her consciously into the ground floor of the house and then out Mm. into the world. Mm. I love this dream. I love it. Denise, thank mm. you so much for joining us. And I know there's others that, that want to have their dreams answered and you can call us in next week on the show. I'm just so grateful to be with you for this time, Robert Moss. Thank you so much for thank coming you, on. Moss. Thank, thank you, Mr. Moss. Thank you, Denise. So, Robert, synchronistically, yeah. just before I called in for the show, I was reading some rather bad versions of poems about the tiger by Jorge Luis Borges, the great Argentine writer who loved the tiger. Uh, I didn't like the translations very much, so I actually threw, physically threw the book away because I didn't think they did justice to the tiger. But I was reading poems about the tiger just before I came on the show. Ah, no accident. Oh. And the moment, That's... ah, wonderful. And the moment I picked up your book, Robert, um, that so I was reading your book, um, had a growing big dreams and someone sent me in a dream just as I was reading it, uh, the, the section about water and your interpretation of water. And she sent in a dream that a nightmare that her daughter had about drowning. So I was able to tell her, you have to read Robert's book, read this section. It's amazing to, to give you a whole, a much deeper, no pun intended perspective on dreams. Robert Moss, his website is mossdreams.com. His book is growing big dreams, manifesting your heart's desires through 12 secrets of the imagination. Robert Moss, I love you infinitely in smoky bars and in clear skies forevermore. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Do you have an online course or an event or a book you'd like to promote? We've got the right audience for you. Our listeners love content like the show you just heard. You can reach our engaged audiences by advertising right here on mindbodyspirit.fm, the podcast network, in shows about wellness, self-care, spirituality, angels, and more. Contact info at mindbodyspirit.fm.